in uh, June on Father's Day, as the last time I preached, and and Jeff was the liturgist, and I said that in my whole history I had never had a senior pastor uh, assist me in worship. And Jeff, you're still here. I, I thought you were taking off. Well, welcome. Glad to have you for the whole service or whatever portion you care to share. Well, our morning scripture this morning is taken from the book of Hebrews, but as you see your order of worship, there are several different scriptures that I would encourage you to read and to uh, think about. We're looking at Hebrews chapter 11, talking about faithfulness as we look at the fruit of the Spirit. This morning is faithfulness. And I invite you to read along with me as together we share in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. But I would encourage you today to read through that whole 11th chapter of Hebrews. It just talks over and over again of those Old Testament saints who by faith trusted in God. Let us take a moment of prayer. Gracious, loving God, we give you thanks for your faithfulness, for all the things that bring us to this morning. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I like being a Presbyterian. Being a Presbyterian Christian in its widest context simply means to confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior and Lord, the incarnate Son of God, the Messiah. Everything else is negotiable. But to confess that Jesus is the Christ is non-negotiable. It is the bottom line of our faith. Romans 10.9 states, If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I believe that that non-negotiable Jesus is Lord allows everything else to be window dressing. Nice, but not essential. Your individual interpretation of Scripture, the tenets of the faith, are really between you and God. I like that, although it creates tension. I have brothers and sisters on the right of me who doubt my salvation. I have brothers and sisters on the left of me who think I'm a Bible-thumping fundamentalist. But I like that. I like to have that kind of dynamic in a denomination. No one tells me what I must believe. No one in a higher office with a more prestigious title tells me or dictates to me what I must believe or not believe. And I like that. If I have to search and scrape up my own set of beliefs from everything that comes my way, it keeps me busy. Everything I hear, everything I read, everything I come to believe must be weighed and must personally and sometimes painfully be evaluated and appraised. Nothing is to be taken for granted. Nothing is acceptable just because someone says, you must believe this or else. The dangers, of course, is that we can become complacent or get by without ever really struggling without ever questioning our heart's stance. 
I would hope that everybody would believe as I believed. My life would certainly be a lot simpler. But you're free to choose what it is that you believe and what you hold to be the things of God. During these summer weeks, we've been looking at the fruit of the Spirit. The Apostle Paul deliberately says, fruit, singular. They go together, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. The first three deal with the relationship with God, noting our transformation in our emotions. Love, joy, peace. The second three deal with our relationship with others, noting the transformation of our actions, patience, kindness, goodness, or generosity. The final three qualities of the fruit of the Spirit deal with our inner character, noting a transformation in the area of our wills, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Today we're going to look at faithfulness. Every time we see a rainbow, we're reminded of God's faithfulness. Every time we gather at worship, we remember the faithful words of Jesus, where I am, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there also. And every time we share communion, we share in the body and blood of Jesus for our salvation. And every time we sing the hymn, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning new mercies I see. We hold on to the faithfulness of God. And when we stand on the brink of death, we remember His faithful promise. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. I love the King James Version. Many mansions. And I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, you may be also. When we secure our faith in Christ's faithfulness as Lord and Savior and friend, wonderful, wonderful things become available to us through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives birth to the fruit of the Spirit. We can prepare the soil of our faith, but only God provides the faith. Only God provides the faith of the spiritual. We can put up our sails, but only God provides the wind. Faithfulness is the wind added to the other fruit of the Spirit making our lives and the lives of others around us so much better. Hebrews 11 begins by noting that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Being faith-filled is the act of trusting God. As we grow in our trust of God, we become more and more faithful. The Christian life is not a hundred-yard dash. It is more like a marathon. The fruit of the Spirit enables us to be faithful to God, not just in the short run, but over the long haul. The word translated faithfulness or faith are the same words, but the, word, the one word can have two different meanings. One could be the conviction about something or someone, a conviction based on the sufficiency of the evidences. The whole chapter 11 of Hebrews talks about how the faith of the Old Testament saints caused them to act. 
The second definition of faithfulness is fidelity, or the virtue of being trustworthy and dependable. It's hanging on, saying, I will not give up to follow through on the commitment regardless of the difficulty to remain faithful. One of the ways that we grow in our faithfulness is by consistently worshiping together, growing together, serving together. Worship together is a community experience. In a day of multiple distractions, there are lots of things that can pull us away from our Christian community, sending us off in our own direction. We can sit home and be mesmerized by the electric church, but we need a community of accountability that keeps us faithful. Worship is not private. It is not magic. It is mission and responsibility. The prayers said at worship are there to assist us in our prayers. The hymns sung at worship are sung that open our hearts to hear and to respond of God's love. The sermon only helps us to grapple with our own messages. Oh, we could jump up and down and raise our hands and sing hallelujah and praise God, but that doesn't necessarily mean worship. But also, to sit in pious prisons does not mean that we are also having a worship experience. It is joining hands and hearts that make worship meaningful. It is our faithful prayers and praise that makes worship meaningful. Henry Nouwen, in his book, Making All Things New, says, Jesus does not try to pull us away from the many events and activities and people that make up our lives. However, he does ask us to shift our point of gravity, to relocate the center of our attention, to change our priorities. Jesus wants us to move from the many things to the one necessary thing, and that allows us to be faithful to God. Your worship experience is a choice that you make week after week after week. We grow in our faithfulness by growing in our understanding of the gospel. Why do we take classes in everything under the sun and remain preschoolers in our understanding of God? God loves to be questioned. God hates to be ignored. Again, you and I grow or not grow in our understanding of the gospel. We are free to make that choice, only to receive pollutes. Those who were on the Holy Land pilgrimage might have been told that the Sea of Galilee is a freshwater body of water because it receives water and it returns water to the Jordan River. But the Dead Sea is dead because it only receives. To serve gives us the privilege to express God's will to the world. Through acts of mercy, acts of charity, acts of ministry, we show our faith in Christ and our faithfulness to the gospel. In the book of James, we read, What good is it that you say that you have faith but do not have works? So faith by itself is dead. Faith is brought to completion by works. A person is justified by works and not by faith alone. So faith without works is dead. Without serving is like a cook who only reads cookbooks but never serves a meal. So faith without 
works is also dead. You and I grow in our faithfulness with fear and trembling by acts of service to God, to the church, and to the community. Again, it is our choice on how much we want to be involved in worship, growing, and serving. The Apostle Paul in his letter to the Galatians said, If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. The New NIV translation has it this way, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep step with the Spirit. Basically meaning to advance in a line, giving us a picture of a group of soldiers marching to the beat of a drum. The fruit of the Spirit is given to us by the love and grace of God through the Holy Spirit. As in all things, we can receive them or ignore them. It is our choice which leads me to my last story. A man named Fred inherited $10 million, but the will provided that he had to accept the inheritance in Chile or Brazil. He chose Brazil, perhaps because of the World Cup. Unhappily, it turned out that in Chile he would have received an inheritance in uranium, gold and silver that had just been discovered. When he arrived in Brazil, he had to choose between receiving coffee futures or Brazil nuts. He chose the nuts. And immediately the bottom fell out of the nut market while the coffee prices skyrocketed to five dollars a pound. Now broke, he went and sold his gold watch so that he could get the money to fly home. He had a choice between New York or Boston. He chose Boston. When the plane for New York taxied up, it was a brand new Boeing wide body with red carpet and all the beautiful people went on board. When the plane for Boston arrived, It was an ancient two-propeller plane that took several tries before it even got off the ground. It was filled with cigar smokers and unattended crying babies. Over the Amazon, one of the engines fell off and Fred, frightened by his other bad choices, fearing for his life, asked for a parachute. The flight attendant, seeing his concern, gave him two parachutes. And as he jumped out of the plane, the one on the left, he pulled the ripcord, and it was rusty, and it broke off. In desperation, he called out, St. Francis, save me! There was this gentle hand that came out from the clouds, took him by the wrist, and in a gentle, inquisitive way said, St. Francis Xavier or St. Francis of Assisi? (laughs) As in all gifts, making the right decision, the right choice is essential. Let me close with another Francis. Pope Francis. At this year's Easter vigil, he said, Dear brothers and sisters, let us not be closed to the newness that God brings into our lives. Let us not close our hearts, but let us, let us not lose confidence, but let us never, never give up. There is no situation which God cannot change. Let the risen Jesus enter your life. Welcome him as a faithful friend with trust. He is life. If up to now you have kept distance from him, step forward. 
He will receive you with open arms. If you've been indifferent, take a risk. You won't be disappointed. If following Him seems difficult, don't be afraid. Trust Him. Have faith in His gospel. Be confident that He is close to you. He is with you, and He will give you peace. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Let's pray about that. Gracious, loving God, we give you thanks that in our Reformed tradition we are not just given things to believe, but we are told to use our head and our hearts to see the Scriptures, to delve into them, to find understanding of what it means to be a faithful Christian. And so we ask God that you would help us in the choices that we make as we come to worship together, grow together, and serve together. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.